What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Oh, my God. This is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the two-man power trip podcast. This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Cody Rhodes, the prince of pro wrestling, and you are listening to two-man power trip. This is Jimmy Vine, the boogie Wooker man. Tell my people my brothers and sisters, don't you dare miss John and Chad. Hey, everybody out there. This is the franchise Shane Douglas. Remember me? <laughs> well, guys, it's great to be on the show again i appreciate you asking me back so you said you were going to pinch yourself i didn't know it was that kind of show now i mean if you guys are in the privacy of your own home if you want to do these things good how you doing chad hey johnny cool man what's going on we're ready to go or what uh, uh, hey man what's up guys this is homicide oh that's my homie homicide with a big homie club yeah that would be it hey this is david penzer and this is the two-man power trip of wrestling well, thank you, thank you. Hear me, fear me. I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know ten times more than I do. Look, Mean Gene, I can't be beat. I'm the greatest of all time. And I would say that. And every kid, I, they knew they could kick the out of me. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling. And now... They bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. Back. This was turned into a brawl now. And there's been several saves already. All four in the ring as they mix it up. Scott Steiner drives Simmons outside with a vicious tackle all the way to the concrete. Rick Steiner back in the ring with Reed, those big right hands. Two fight outside and two inside. Oh, Scott Steiner's shoulder ran right into the steel ring post. Simmons back in, double axe handle blow. Longest, wait a minute. They double team Rick Steiner from the second row. Can they hold him down? He oh, did. No. Long inverted the referee. Dumas won the world titles. Ladies and gentlemen, the winners and new world tag team champions, Ron Simmons, betrayed the team of doom. This is the two-man power trip of wrestling. Brought to you today and powered by our brand new partnership with the WWE Network. Head on over to wwenetwork.com slash TMPT to sign up for one month free of the WWE Network, the only place to watch every WWE pay-per-view live, including this weekend's Royal Rumble. And all you have to do is head on over to wwenetwork.com slash TMPT and strap in for the Royal Rumble, courtesy of your friends over at the two-man power trip of wrestling and if you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, the one and only John Paz. And what a special way to kick off this Royal Rumble weekend show by announcing this partnership with the WWE Network. Of course, like I just mentioned, head on over to wwenetwork.com slash TMPT and get ready to stream this weekend's Royal Rumble which, of course, we all know on paper, the Royal Rumble is probably the most exciting event of the calendar year, and it literally never ceases to amaze the average wrestling fan, the knowledgeable wrestling fan, that there's something that happens at the Royal Rumble every year that you never, ever expect. And with this episode you're listening to today, we're actually speaking with somebody who participated in the very first Royal Rumble, and that is the natural himself, Hacksaw Butch Reed, 
joining today's program. But in addition to being an original Royal Rumble participant, Butch Reed will be appearing alongside the Captain's Corner at the Icons of Wrestling convention this weekend in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's going to be one of the biggest conventions of the year, and it's going down in Philadelphia at the historic ECW Arena. You can head on over to freewebstore.org slash captains-corner for more information and for pre-order tickets and all the information that you're going to need for all the guests that Captain's Corner has with them at the Icons of Wrestling to include a couple former TMPT guests, Cowboy Bob Orton, Paul Roma, and of course, today's guest, Butch Reed. And what can you say about Butch Reed? We have had on in the past Ron Simmons. We've had on the past Teddy Long. So we're filling in the lost member of Doom here in this episode. And we get to cover a lot of topics with Butch Reed. And what a fun chat this really is. Because this is a guy who made his way through Mid-South, made a hell of a name for himself into the WWF during a hot, hot period for them. And then transitioning into WCW where he was a part of a tag team that was one of the standouts of that tag team division in WCW in the late 80s into the early 90s where that was some stiff competition that you had to deal with. And I mean that literally because the Steiner Brothers and Doom rivalry that went on in WCW was definitely one of those benchmark tag team feuds of the late 80s into the early 90s. And I know it's one that John is a huge fan of. So, John, I'm going to welcome you in here in just a minute. But me talking to the natural Butch Reed, I loved it because he was one of the guys I remember watching just from the start of becoming a fan in the mid-1980s, 1987-ish, where the natural Butch Reed made the jump from Mid-South to the WWF, was partnered with Slick, and the rest, as they say, is history. We got some great stories about Slick on here and a lot of great stuff about what that transition into the WWF was like for Butch Reed, who has kind of been a little reclusive over the last couple of years. You don't see him do too many of the conventions, and you never hear him do an interview. So that's why it's kind of cool to get him on this show and kind of fill that TMPT uh, hole that Butch Reed left by not being on the show. So we have him on now. And it's definitely something that when you sign up for that WWE Network subscription, you can go back and check out some amazing matches from Butch Reed's history that is on the network, whether it is Mid-South or the WWF or WCW. One of my personal favorite Butch Reed matches uh, that you can find on the network is from WrestleMania 4 in a losing effort against the Macho Man that helped set the pace for the Macho Man's title win that night at WrestleMania 4. So, John, as I welcome you in here now, give us a couple recommendations, if you can, for the WWE Network of maybe a Butch Reed match or a Doom match that you feel is one of the ones that is on the top of the list that you have to go to when you make that network subscription uh, and you get into the Butch Reed mode when you look for matches. What's one that you think off the top of your head is the standout that you have to find? As well as tell us more about what we have to look forward to in this interview with the natural Butch Reed. Yes, Chad, you said it right and you said it damn correct with the WWE Network. You want to head over to the WWEnetwork.com slash TMPT and sign up now. One month free, including the greatest event of the year, that is the Royal Rumble. So that is included free. If you sign up, please use wwnetwork.com slash TMPT. And you said, name you some Butch Reed matches, name you some Doom matches that you may be able to find on the WWE Network. One that immediately comes to mind is Butch Reed and Ron Simmons, known as Doom, versus the Steiner Brothers at Capital Combat 90. So go into the WWE Network, search the WCW pay-per-views, find 1990, go to Capital Combat, and you will see Doom beat the Steiner Brothers for the tag team titles. Also, a little bit of an interesting match. Stay in 1990 while you're under that WCW pay-per-view banner. Go to Halloween Havoc. Doom, Butch Reed, and Ron Simmons fight Arn Anderson and Ric Flair. So it's a rare, interesting match, and that was a great feud that they had at that point with the Horsemen. And then if you want to check out Starcade 90, if you want to stay in the 90s, Doom versus the Horsemen again in a great brawl. So, so many great matches can be found on the WWE Network. And of course, focusing today on Butch Reed, 
one half of Doom, one half of a great, great legendary tag team. But of course, he will be at the Icons Collectors Fest this Saturday. Before you head there, make sure you order your pre-order from Captain's Corner. Go to his free web store, go to Facebook, find Captain's Corner, place your pre-order ASAP because this is going to be one you do not want to miss. And like Chad said, very rare now that Butch Reed gets out there and signs some autographs. He's not really doing too much of that anymore. He's kind of been slowing the pace down, so that's rare. And it's also very rare to get him in the same building as Ron Simmons, as Doom has not done a signing together in quite a while. Then you throw in the fact that Teddy Long will be in the building. It's just one you cannot miss. And of course, I mentioned that Doom feuded with the Horsemen. We will be there with the four Horsemen, so don't miss us as well. Check out us. Check out Captain's Corner. Check out everybody else at the Icons Collector's Fest in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at the old ECW Arena. You don't want to miss that. But real quickly, before I send it back to you, Chad, I just want to say, Butch Reed, great interview. Starts off a little slow, and then boom, it kicks up. And it really launches in a big way. And I feel like talking about the WWF was great. Talking about WCW was great. You know, like you mentioned, you talk about WrestleMania 4 with Macho Man Randy Savage. You talk about different things. I mentioned WrestleMania 3 with Coco Beware. You talk about he was in the first ever uh, Royal Rumble. You talk about all these different things. A few with Superstar Billy Graham, a few with Don Morocco. And then you kind of move on to WCW. We talked about Doom. We talked about the Steiner Brothers. We talked about the Four Horsemen. We talked about Flair. We talked about having chemistry. We talked about a whole gamut of things. But something that really, I think, set him off and really kind of put this interview into overdrive was the fact that we were talking about Mid-South. And as soon as we started talking about those trips and traveling the roads and Bill Watts and his feud with Jim Duggan, Hacksaw versus Hacksaw, felt like that really got his motor running, really got him going. And we talked about him. It was kind of the king, if you will, of Mid-South for a while. He won the tag title, the TV title, the North American title. And something that really, really stuck out was obviously that feud with the Junkyard Dog. And he was talking about some great moments and some great behind-the-scenes stuff with these rabid, crazy fans and how much heat he was getting and how much love and admiration the fans really had for JYD. So really, really listening to that part. That's some really cool stuff that we get into in the interview. He also feuds with JYD in the USWA. We bring that up briefly. Feuded with uh, JYD very briefly in WCW as well. So, I mean, it's, it's like everywhere he went, he basically was kind of feuding with JYD, but no feud that he had with JYD was better than it was in Mid-South. They were both in their physical primes, just unbelievable uh, reactions that they would get from the crowd, unbelievable matches. Really, really good stuff there. I love talking Mid-South, especially with somebody who was so ingrained in Mid-South, like the Natural Butch Reed, and somebody who was able to talk about the biggest babyface in the history of Mid-South, and that's JYD, in such a distinctive and detailed manner. It was great. So uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy a little bit of the natural, a little bit of Hacksaw, a little bit of Butch Reed. Absolutely, and we want to thank the natural Butch Reed for taking the time to speak with us here on the two-man power trip of wrestling. And if you are going to be in the listening area around Philadelphia, make sure you get to the ECW arena, not only to see the natural Butch Reed, not only to see the other guests that Captain's Corner has in store for you that day to include Paul Roma and Cowboy Bob Orton, as well as Shelly Martinez. You got to come and check us out with the four horsemen, including the head honcho, Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Barry Windham, Tully Blanchard, and J.J. Dillon. It is going to be quite the happening in Philadelphia. Royal Rumble weekend here coming up this weekend in Philadelphia. You can head on over to freewebstore.org slash captains dash corner for pre-order ticket information as well as times that they're going to be signing, schedules of everything going on in the world of Captain's Corner. And don't forget the professionalism that you get with the Captain's Corner because Nick from Captain's Corner is one of our favorites and we're looking forward to seeing him in Philadelphia with his 
his amazing group of talent, and he never disappoints. He's one of the absolute nicest people you could possibly meet in this crazy wrestling world that we're all involved in. So get to Philadelphia, get to the ECW arena, get to the icons of wrestling if you can. And remember, at the top of the show, I announced our partnership with the WWE Network. And if you head on over to wwenetwork.com slash TMPT, you can get your first month of the WWE Network for free to include this weekend's Royal Rumble. So you do not want to miss that opportunity. And if you do go and search some matches out, from Butch Reed, or if you watch a past Royal Rumble, hit us up on social media and let us know that you took advantage of this promotion because I know we're going to be watching the WWE Network this weekend, so we hope you're going to be watching the WWE Network as well. Again, wwenetwork.com slash TMPT. And also, go to our to our website tmptofwrestling.com and get all the latest information on TMPTCon2 coming to Richmond, Virginia this coming May 19th. We just announced the addition of Big Sexy Kevin Nash to the fold of TMPTCon joining his fellow NWO member Eric Bischoff, and of course, our co-host on the Triple Threat Podcast, the franchise, Shane Douglas. There's a lot of cool stuff that'll be coming down the pike, so get ready for some TMPTCon. A lot of convention talk today, but you know what? Keep these dates handy, folks, because you never know when you're going to get another opportunity like this in your neck of the woods, whether you're in Philadelphia this weekend or you're in Richmond in May. If you can get to a convention and you're a wrestling fan, you never, ever want to miss an opportunity to shake the hand or get an autograph or take a picture with some of these legends. So with all that being said, John, why don't you do us a favor here? Hit us with a little bit of two-man power trip of wrestling business, and let's get it on over to the natural Butch Reed. Now for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at two-man power trip and at wrestling pal. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Also, while on iTunes, check out the feed for prior legendary episodes featuring the living legend Bruno Sammartino, the late great American Dream Dusty Rhodes, the Enforcer Arn Anderson, Ray Mysterio Jr., Glenn Kane Jacobs, the phenomenal AJ Styles, lead WWE attorney Jerry McDivitt, and so many others. Also, while you're on the internet, check out ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, that is ProWrestlingTees.com. They are your superstore for all your wrestling t-shirt needs. Check out our page. Check out Tito Santana, Coco Beware, Kevin Thorne, Magnum TA, and so many others. Also, while you're on the web, check out our website, TMPTOfWrestling.com. And for all you Android users, please hit us up on Google Play or Player FM. And all you iOS users, please check us out on TuneIn Radio, Automatic, Spotify, and now iHeartRadio. Follow along with a two-man power trip as we come to a town near you. Join us in Richmond, Virginia for TMPTCon 2, May 19th at the Holiday Inn with feature guests Kevin Nash, Easy E, Eric Bischoff, Shane Douglas, and so many more. So follow along with the two-man power trip as you never know where we may land. And now, without any further ado, a former WCW World Tag Team Champion, a former USWA World Heavyweight Champion, a Mid-South North American Tag Team and TV Champion, you may know him as Hacksaw or The Natural, he is Butch Reed. Please enjoy.
let's get it going right here and right now. Joining us on the line tonight is a former WCW World Tag Team Champion, a former USWA World Heavyweight Champion, a Mid-South North American Tag Team and TV Champion. You might know him as Hacksaw. You might know him as The Natural. But the one and only Butch Reed joins the two-man power trip. Butch, thanks for coming on tonight. All right. Thank you guys for having me. And it's good to be able to communicate with the fans again. Uh, We are so pumped to have you on the show. Uh, We've been able to talk to a couple of your contemporaries, talk to some former partners of yours, and we've had a lot of stories told about you, and we're looking forward to getting your take on some of the career highlights that you've had, and obviously what we're, we're here to talk about today is your appearance coming up in just about a, a couple days' time here at the Icons of Wrestling in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, with our good buddy Nick from the Captain's Corner, where you're going to be invading an arena that ECW made famous, but Butch Reed and Philadelphia, definitely no stranger there. So, Butch, are you looking forward to coming down to Philadelphia and getting to see some rabid wrestling fans? Oh yeah, it's always a, it's always a pleasure to get around and rub shoulders with some old fans and sign autographs for them, chit chat with them. You know, it's always great to do that. Give me an outing, a little outing away from home sometimes. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good thing. And so uh, I see that I'm in. Uh, I should be in Philadelphia on the 27th of January and uh, doing autographs. And, and uh, like I say, just meeting meeting and greeting fans, you know. That's, it was the most important people in our life, you know. We made our living. And so, anyway, it's always, it's always a pleasure to bring some memories back to them and them to be able to socialize with us. We still feel about the same way we did around about 20, 15, 20 years ago. Oh, it's, uh, these events are so awesome, and we've been participating in them for a couple of years, going to them as fans, being in there as a vendor, getting to promote the show in all these different places we've gone. But what I think about when I look at this list of guys that are going to be there is there's so many people that tie into your career, and two guys specifically who I know we're going to get to, in a minute, but Teddy Long and Ron Simmons will both be in the building, as well as a lot of guys that you worked with in Mid-South and WCW, and of course in the WWF, but do you like getting to see some of the guys and people maybe you haven't connected with in a long time? Do they bring back some of the old memories when you get to uh, kind of lock eyes and shake hands with them? Well, sure it does, you know. That's in anybody's career, whatever kind of career it was. You know, it's always good to get back and you know, talk talk about old times and good memories, also bad memories. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just good to have that type of fellowship, camaraderie as you go on down through years. You know. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I guess you know, one thing with Philadelphia is not only is it a rabid wrestling fan base, but they're also a very smart wrestling fan base. And I know when you got to uh, the WWF in the uh, the mid-'80s, you're a guy who you made a name for yourself in Mid-South, you made a name for yourself in other parts of the country, but by the time you got to an area like Philadelphia with the WWF, those fans probably already knew everything about you because they're that educated. Do you love that Philadelphia fan base? Is that one of the places that you preferred uh, going to while you were with the WWF and then later with WCW? Yeah, you know, Philadelphia's always been a a good town, like you say. <clears throat> These people, they're very aware of the professional wrestling, you know, contemplations and and the uh, the different styles and personalities. And people like this, really sports-minded, and, you know, like they can tell, they can separate the sugar from the salt, you know what I mean, just so to speak. These these fans have always been uh, very interested. But if you if you wasn't if you wasn't of that caliber, they'd pick you out, you know, and you they make you feel it. 
you know, you wouldn't be able to, you wouldn't be able to uh, come around too much without somebody without somebody letting you know, you know, what type of a athlete you are, and you know, you just get that feeling, you know. So, like I say about Philadelphia, most of the East Coast up through that way. Uh, I enjoyed Philadelphia. Enjoyed uh, Pittsburgh. I enjoyed the, the uh, Pennsylvania area quite quite well in my career. You think about that Philadelphia spectrum uh, for a lot of those great shows, and there was always something cool going on in the Philadelphia spectrum. And you know, like I said, I remember you know when you came to the WWF. That's about the time where uh, you know a young Chad started watching uh, professional wrestling, and I remember you. First feuding, seeing you really first feuding with superstar Billy Graham, and I know you guys had a match at the Spectrum in Philadelphia that, uh, you know, it was one of those things to see, you know, these larger-than-life characters, these people be in a building like Philadelphia Spectrum where the fans were so good. Do you have any matches or memories that stand out about that arena, the Philadelphia Spectrum? Do you remember anything specifically about that well, one venue? It's just like you say, uh you just you just hit the nail on the head with the, with the piece of talent that I was uh, working with, and that's Superstar Billy. You know, is like the battle of the strong men. We had the same type. We had the same type of uh, you know gimmicks going on. You know, we we really prided ourselves on our strength, our physiques, and you know, we even had a uh, we even had a uh, what you call bodybuilding. Contest in there, you know what I mean. We get in there and we pose, and you know we uh really really lay it on thick, you know. And of course, it would have it had to end up badly, and I was the one that make it end up badly because I just I just got started. I just got started to get get mad and get fed up with the posing, and I just tore in the billy, you know. Got us a few going, and it went quite quite well, and, and it was uh, it turned out the way we wanted it. You know, it it really it really took off. People really got into it with him and I. Him and my matches together as opponents. So and Billy was one hell of a man. You know, and I never will forget him. And, and he he been a good cog, a good you know, inspiration in my uh, career down through the years. Yeah, he's a, quite an inspirational guy, and especially during that run, too, that was a huge, huge comeback for him. And uh, they did the, the, the re-debut vignettes, and we got to see, like you said, the bodybuilding contest. And unfortunately, he would have to pr- pretty much retire uh, during that feud uh, because of some of those injuries catching up to him and some of the uh, some of the things going on at the time. And it really cut that feud off because you and the one-man gang really uh, had a very hot feud going with Superstar, and then it would uh, kind of move into Don Morocco. But do you remember when that was cut off, that feud? Was there any more big plans that they had for you and the Superstar? Because you two were definitely, you know, you guys did steel cage matches. I mean, you were really going across the country with Superstar Billy Graham, and unfortunately that injury really cut that short. Yeah, you know, we had a... He had uh, a lot of problems with his joints and his hips and his knees, ankles. You know, it's just it's just all those years of uh, grueling physical contact sports. You know, and it just wears and tears on you. And you're in your latter days, man. It's I got that those experiences right now. You know, but uh, <clears throat> Billy. Billy, he was he was a tough old bird, man. I mean, he come down there with his stand in like Don Morocco, you know, and and, and Don Morocco, you know, we hit it up. People, the people bought it. Don was a charismatic guy, not only for his uh, for his physique and Billy, he was a well conditioned, trained athlete, trained constantly and. You know, it was it's kind of like most of us were. we kind of dedicated athletes. You know, we are true to form, and really, and really took our took our business serious. You know, and uh, 
That's the way you got to do it. I don't care who you are, or what you what you playing, or what your what kind of sports you participate in. You got to you got to be real with it. You know, you either gotta you either gotta take the ball and run, or just put it down and walk away, kick it away, whatever you gotta do. Just like football, you know, you just gotta you gotta be uh, dedicated to your purpose. That's the only way you're going to be successful. So what you're saying is, is you got to be a natural at it, and that's how you kind of uh, <laughs> you kind of make your way uh, by being naturally good, uh, whether it's football or bodybuilding or wrestling. So I guess that's what you're trying to say, right? Yeah, you know, you, that's, that's hit the point. That's hitting the nail right on the head, you know, because uh, I've always been, been an athlete. Didn't want to be anything else but a professional athlete, but you know, and but I just put my mind to it, and I put my heart in it, and I also put my spirit in it, you know, and just that's just what I that's just what I did, you know, just get just uh, become part of it, you know. Was always interested. Was always always ready to improve and to go to the next level. You know, and mentioning in Morocco, we mentioned superstar, and obviously you yourself with a pretty damn impressive physique. That's what we think about when we think of that era, uh, not just the WWF, but wrestling. Uh, and in the WWF, obviously, you know, you had Hogan, you had Hercules, you know, you had these giant, giant men that, I mean, you looked like you guys could lift, like, trucks or houses. You guys were so impressive. But did you feel any kind of pressure to keep up with the guys in the in the locker room because everybody had – such impressive physiques, or like, a, is it just a case of being a natural? And when you work out, you know, the size just came on, kind of in its own way. Oh, it's all, it's all the thing about being confident and pride, and taking pride, and you know, and really, really just taking that next, be ready to take that next step for improvement. And it's not not that you're intimidated by anybody or or that you're envious of anybody is just, it's just excuse me, it's just it's just a point of you're just taking the interest and the pride of yourself to always be ready to improve and always be ready to take advice and you know and take take the bitter with the sweet and make the make the bitter sweeter as you go along, but you. You really have to put your mind to it too, you know. It's not just a body to seat thing. <laughs> it's a it's a whole lot of brain power and a whole lot of psychology that you need to apply yourself and and to improve also. Not only your body but your mind and as well, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. And without a doubt, and I mean all that stuff kind of wrapped into one package was that entire machine that was behind, you know, the WWF and having worked for Bill Watts in Mid-South, I mean, you got, you got to work for somebody, you know, who had been on top of territories, who was a giant of a man himself, and going to work for Vince McMahon, who was taking a company and going uh, worldwide, not even national anymore, but worldwide. What did you think of Vince and your first impressions of him? Were you, uh, were you impressed by the marketing machine and all the stuff he was telling you, or did you kind of think that yeah, he's you, know, you Hello. Yep. What were you saying? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you know, Mr. Uh, McMahon had one of the one of the most uh, distinctive and the most prestigious uh, wrestling corporations or companies, however you want to say it, in the world. You know, he had nothing to be ashamed about like that. But you know, there there was a. There was a lot of, uh, you know, different, different little gripes, different little moans and groans. You get that everywhere you go. But anyway, it was a, it was a hell of a feature, run around with the WWE, and Doug uh, got introduced to other places in the world, and you know, when it was quite, it was quite uh, basically. Uh, Experience. It was a good experience. You know, there, there, 
and room for several improvements, but uh, you know, like not a lot of time. You know, a little downtime here and there. You know, you you really it was a it was a grueling type schedule. You know what I mean? It was you had to <laughs> you had to really hustle. You know, I had wrestled twice. Twice on Saturday, twice on Sunday, and go all the next week, Monday through Friday, and and uh, with some of these federations, and you know. But you—that's what I had to tell you. That's what I told you about your psychology, about your your attitude, man. You really got to grit and bear it, and just go on going with it. And uh, you know, that's how you make your bread and butter. You know, and. Uh, they were up there in the driver's seat. So, you know, we just snapped to just grin back and keep on going, you know what I mean? And uh, speaking of Bill Watts, I thought his territory was real good. We did most of ours, our miles on the ground with Bill. But with uh, Vince McMahon, we've done a lot of airtime, buddy. We got a lot of jet lag. And to me, that's just about as grueling. As you want to be, as it, as, as it is in the, on the ground. You understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. You hear all the stories of the grueling WWF schedule where you work in so much, but a lot of flying. Mid-South was a ton of, of driving, and you're driving through this state and that state. What do you think oh, was, yeah. was worse on you? you see the flying for the WWF schedule, or did you hate the, all that driving in that Mid-South territory? Well, as a flying, you know, there was, there was, uh, it combined with the driving, you know, so when you hit the ground, you might have to get in that, get in that rental and drive a, hundred, a couple hundred, you know what I mean? A couple hundred up there, a couple hundred back, you know, it was, that, that, that wears, that wears some tears on you, you know. Still just straight driving through, you know. You get out of that plane, you know. You're already kind of maybe kind of lagging. You just jump in that doggone chariot, that four wheel chariot, and you take off another 100, 250 miles down the road, you know. So you get there on time, and so that that combined that that was a that was the most uh, you know what I what I would say. It, it it really wears and tears on your on your mind and your body. You know, <laughs> you're still when you you're still when you get out of the plane. You're still when you get out of the car, and you know it's it's kind of it was real tough on you. But of course, was a lot younger then. You know, these days now, <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing good to get in the car, and I'm doing good to get in there, get on the jet plane. You know, but uh. Yeah, it it was quite it was quite uh fatigue. It it was quite it would fatigue you a lot, you know. But anyway, like I said, we were younger. We we lean with it and we rock with it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And with Mid South, I got to mention because you had so many epic feuds there and so many things that people remember. And I always remember the feud with Jim Duggan because it was Hacksaw versus Hacksaw. What was it like feuding with the other Hacksaw, Jim Duggan? Well, it was it was challenging. You know, it was it was a battle of the Hacksaws, and the people really got into it because Hacksaw Jim Duggan was already established, already you know. Uh, Creating a hell of a name for itself down in the South area, and uh, I first met Jim Duggan in, in Georgia, and uh, in Atlanta there, the Atlanta area for WCW, and you know he had the hacksaw gimmick then, you know, and, and uh, of course I I've had it. But when, it, when we when we hit Louisiana, Bill Watts, Bill Watts was kind of a kind of a, a real uh, 
you know, psychological psychological genius in professional wrestling. You know, he had good ideas and everything, and, and, and then he wanted to go with us as Battle of the Hacksaws, and it really, it really soared. You know, it really, really took off. People got got with it, and I would, I would heal real good and hard on Jim Duggan, and uh, I would really. I would really, you know, just have to leave him hanging in the ring. You know, we jump him from behind. We strip him off his board, crack him in the head with it. And I just really built up a lot of heat like that, along with Junkyard Dog, one of my favorite opponents of all. You know, and that, these guys, they really, uh, they really sent me soaring. Back in them days in that era, you know, and hell, I was only I was only black man. <laughs> I, I really was the only guy really probably in life to paint another man yellow, put a yellow streak on his back like I did Junkyard Dog, Nationwide TV. I did that down in Memphis, Tennessee. Buddy Landell was my assistant. Nature Boy Buddy Landell and. Uh, you know, this it really made me one of the top five. I was always in the top ten. But this, this, these, these uh, antics, these these angles that we had going on like that, that really put me in the top three of one of the most hated wrestlers in the country, <laughs> in the world. You know, put it like that. You know. Uh, black folks, white folks, all kind of folks. They they wanted they wanted to put me they wanted to put me in front of the cars. I bet you just <laughs> and just drive forward. You know what I mean? I've had these I've had these uh, run-ins with with die-hard wrestling fans. I've been I've been down in New Orleans in the Superdome, and I had uh you know. I had to dive rocks and bottles being thrown at me, and man, it got so it got so bad down there. They hit my car, and they missed my girlfriend's head. And then that's when I kind of really, I really got jiggy with the situation. The hope came down. I got too much heat going on, and that's enough people. Go home. So I went in my trunk. Yeah, and I shook out my hog blade. Yeah, I had it in there. <laughs> it was a three fifty seven four forty four frame and I just shot it straight up in there. These people were actually gonna just pull us apart. But after after that uh after that B shooter come out and, and cracked off. Well, that was the, that was the end of that. People did disappeared like roaches. You understand? This is how close oh, yeah. And I come to I come to having real bad conversations with the fans. That's that's how serious it was down there in Louisiana. It was serious like that in in uh in uh Texas, you know, Georgia, you know, and uh Mississippi. I can tell you a few. I've had runs with the clan in Mississippi. Oh my god. <laughs> and Texas. And uh, but you know, there's nothing. I I don't have nothing to regret. I don't. I don't. I'd probably do it all over again. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, we survived. And you were definitely a huge, huge heel, like you said. You, you got to take a gun to get people away from you. But that's what a yeah. good heel. That's what a good heel does. You get everybody riled up. And I feel like yeah. you and Junkyard Dog. I think, think I've done my job on that. On that part, you know what I mean? And yeah, I feel like I said, KYD were the perfect like enemies for each other. He was the perfect babyface. You were the perfect heel. You know, you feuded Mid South, WCW a little bit, USWA. Yeah. You and KYD seemed to follow each other around. What was up with the, the chemistry and the relationship you guys had? Well, brother, we just like brothers. <laughs> Tell you the truth. Yeah, just let the truth be known. You like a brother to me. <laughs> And vice versa, we got along good. We had that good chemistry, you know. We knew how to, we knew how to uh, 
use each other's personalities and and uh, and abilities to to go out there and, and do it with each other for ourselves. You know, hey, when we hooked up, we hooked up. I mean, you know, we we wasn't pulling we wasn't pulling the punches too much. You know, because them chains and, and them cages and you know and and. and we 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 what we it's what we call we laid it in, brother. We if we if we wasn't believable, we would have never we would have never got over because down in the, down in the deep south, you know, I was told by my promoters, you know, you know, and by by some of the guys that that was associated with building two guys, two black guys in the south. Wouldn't get over it. It wouldn't be that real believable, and the black folks wouldn't really like it. You know what I mean? But uh, Chuck your dog and Butch Reed, they changed their mind because I had I had more black folks that could stand me than the law would allow all over the south. You know, the booing that shit, shoot man. I had I had plenty of heat. Amongst my own people, you understand what I mean, <laughs> and it was great. We proved the world wrong. You know what I mean. We proved that uh, two black guys can fight against each other in in the heart of the South <laughs> and get over with it. And junkyard dog myself. God bless Sylvester Ritter and God rest him. We did it. You know, we made wrestling history. You could say. Absolutely, and it's great. The feud kind of just always was around. You were the perfect heel. He was the perfect baby face. That always went around. But I got to talk about another guy you had great chemistry with, and of course, former WWE Tag Team Champion, and with Doom. Obviously, Teddy Long was the manager at one point, but obviously Doom was an awesome tag team, and that's Ron Simmons. What was the relationship like with you guys? Because you guys seemed like you you hit it off very well as far as chemistry-wise. Yeah, we did. This is this same type scenario with with junkyard and myself. You know, we we classified ourselves as brothers. Everybody everybody uh everywhere we went around, you know, down home folks said we look like brothers. I could I could go along with that, you know, me and Ron, we just we just got a we just got had that chemistry too. And, you know, and we we wasn't we just we just kinda clicked. I can say that about Ron and I. We're two athletes, two old football players, old chops, you know, and we had the same type of uh same type of temperament, same the same type of well, personality like, you know, uh that athletic mind. Like I say, Ron Simmons is four time all American down in Florida State. He's one of, and he's a formidable athlete, you know. And you can believe this guy, he gets in the ring now. He looks like he can get the job done. And that, that's a big thing, you know. And I, I helped him along. I had a little bit of experience with Ron. But, you know, he he listened. He wanted it. And, you know, and, and Teddy Long was, was right there just us. Just to spice, spice our team up, because a good heel team always has a great manager. You know, Kenny Long. He's he's always been having the gift for gab, and he, if you ever want to get sick of hearing somebody talk running mouth, you just listen to Kenny for a little while. And the little old, little old chicken neck talking, talking tough, talking, talking bad. Bad about what his boy's gonna do to him, you get mad at him too. You know, he just show up and you get mad at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good, good old Teddy Long. And it's funny, like the Doom tag team, they had the mask gimmick at first, and obviously you guys get unmasked. But you and Ron were basically one of the longest running WCW tag team champs ever when you beat a very, very formidable and very over Steiner Brothers team. Were you kind of happy with the run as far as that point in WCW? Because that's a pretty good team, first of all, yeah. Steiner Brothers to beat, but then to have a long run with the tag titles is great. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, we we had we we had it all. We had to run in with everybody down there. We were world tag champions, and you know, and uh, we had a hell of a run. You know, we're talking about not only the Steiner boys. We're talking about Road Warriors. You know, we're talking about Rock and Roll Express. You know, we're talking about uh, we're talking about uh, Four Horsemen. You know. You can take a combination out of that four horsemen. Tilly Blanchard, Rick Flair, Arn Anderson, and uh and even old Ole, you know, Ole Anderson. So the four horsemen, they all give us good runs. That's they they kept us they gave us longevity and and uh the matches were crisp, the matches were good and and everybody everybody really clicked. As far as opponent-wise, you know, what are they going to do this tonight? Everybody was always in suspense. They would always come back to see what was going to happen in follow-up matches. Unbelievable run if you do think about it. Like you said, whether it's the Horsemen, Road Warriors, the Steiner Brothers, the SWAT team, Rock World Express, so many good different tag teams WCW at that point and you guys were kind of front and center you know right at the forefront did you want to say a team or were you okay with when you and Ron broke up and started feuding yeah it was it was okay I mean you know Ron Ron want to break off be a single that's good it would be I always I always wanted to stay single but you know you got to do what's what's best you gotta do what's best for your business. What's gonna what's gonna really prosper you. You always gotta look at it like that. And that's why the tag teams were okay with me long long as I know I was gonna you know, be be improving my pocketbook and be improving my career and yeah, that's that was good for me. But when it was time to break off, you know, I accept that because you know we can we can really uh, we can really get off on being uh, being arch enemies. That's the way the tag teams always end up anyway. You know, and so anyway, uh, it was just fine. And Ron, I tell you right now, he he went he went to school when he was when he was wrestling against old Bush Reed now. He went to school. He really got his head right, and uh, he kind of got his got an education a little bit, a little bit further education. You put it like that. <laughs> I hope he hears it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You might not want to hear it, but that's the way it is. Hey, obviously, you know you and Ron have such a long story history together. Doom is such a great team. It's great that you'll be back in Philadelphia, you know, teaming up, and you get Teddy Long there as well. But I had to mention, yeah. because we, we kind of uh, brushed over it before, but what about an old, old manager of yours back from the Central States days and then been all the way into the WWF days, and that is the Slickster. Did you enjoy <laughs> working with Slick? It seemed like you guys also had awesome chemistry together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's like a little brother. You know, uh, Slick was in, inspired, and and uh, he's very well suited for that manager. I mean, you know, he he dressed all slick, he talked all slick, and he had that pimp gimmick. You know, he was just as slick. He can say you can say he just slick as uh, homemade butter. <laughs> he. He had the very well gifted cat. Matter of fact, uh, all the managers, the Slick is the one that really drawed heat. <laughs> he had the most heat of any manager that I think I've had. Because you can look at him and you just, you know, men, men folks don't like him because they, they probably get a little bit intimidated with their women folk. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
<laughs> you know, slick just had that way about him. You know, he talks slick and he and he looks slick, and, and you know, he just uh, he just uh, made his appearance slick, man. And uh, he uh, was so uncanny about him that he was born and raised in the ministry. And uh, <laughs> you wouldn't think a little church boy, but a future minister. <laughs> wouldn't even have, have that much gall to run around and, and make a living as a as a, a backstabber, old old slick talking wrestling manager. <laughs> but God bless him. He has a church now down in Louisville, Kentucky. I converse with him every once in a while, and uh, he's doing he's doing pretty well and and. Uh, we're all going trying to grow old graceful. He he was one he to me he's he's the top of my list of all all my managers. He is absolutely one of the all time best characters of all time. You and him definitely mesh together well and I absolutely love that pairing. But as we start to wind it down a bit here, I just got to ask, because, you know, you worked Mid-South, legendary run there. The WWF had a great run, whether it be WrestleMania three, WrestleMania four, then obviously WCW, the long tag team run with Doom and Ron Simmons, tag team champ. Do you have a favorite match or any favorite matches that stick out in your career? Oh, man. <laughs> There's a few of them. But as I as I as I think about on this first time I won the uh, North American Championship, as in that was in New Orleans, Superdome, and sold out, man. Junkyard Dog and I, we went we went. I think it's the most minutes Junkyard ever went in his life, <laughs> his whole career. Uh, in the ring in one single match, and I think we went about 45 minutes, you know, and it was a knockdown, drag out, you know, back and forth, back and forth, hole for hole and blow for blow. <laughs> he was there, that dog, take him as long as he can because he won't be able to hold up that long. He'll blow, you'll blow him up, and he'll, he'll be... <laughs> It'll be fair game. Well, I don't know if dog must have heard that conversation. I forget who told me to do that, <laughs> to do to get my strategy set up that way. But anyway, we went dog on there for 45 minutes. And dog is a short, is a, he, what we call a few-minute man. <laughs> he, anything, over 10, anything over 10 minutes, he said, dog, dog can't go past him. He's a lot better win. He's a lot better shape than people thought he was. I mean, you know, when dog was being groomed and everything back in the south, he didn't have to go no ten minutes. I mean, he that's all he needed to go was ten minutes. He just boom, bam, thank you, ma'am. You know, I'm the dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how he got over real good. But as his as he was facing, uh, you know, some tougher adversaries like myself, and he had to he had to get into a little bit better shape, see? you know, because we we were gonna. It's like taking that taking that next step to the next level. Things were getting a little bit a little bit more uh, competitive and different styles and. And uh, you know, different different tactics, and, uh, personalities, different strengths, different conditions. Uh, you know, competitions kind of get a little bit more competitive. So I don't realize that. But like I say, he he was the most uh, charismatic. Challenge that I'd ever, I'd ever face in the ring, you know, that goes along with the Ric Flair's 
Ric Flair, you know, Andres. I've been in the ring with Andre the Giant, too. You know, it's just, I can go on and on. But anyway, back to Junkyard Dog, he just, he was just, uh, he was up there in the upper echelon. Had his own style, had his own way. And uh, when I, uh, when I jacked him around with those brass knucks out of my trunk, you know, boom, won that North American title. That was a big step for me. The North American title back in them days was it was just as prestigious as the uh, <clears throat> world the world belt. When you when you wore that North American title, you know you were you was really you was really strutting in high cotton in uh, in American wrestling and for world and for world competition too. So that was that was the most inspirational match, most memorable match, I believe I had, and I and I won it with a foreign object. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Naturally, of course. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That that's yeah. awesome. And, and, and Butch, as we start to kind of wrap this up here, you know, one of the things we like to ask as we end the interviews is we like to look back at the careers. In a whole landscape, we heard some great moments, we heard some great stories, we talked about a couple feuds. I know there's a million more that we could, but just for the sake of time. Well, just kind of wrap it up like this. When you look back at your career and you look at everything that you did in the professional wrestling business, what do you want fans to remember about the natural butchery? Do you want it to be the physique? Do you want it to be the intensity in the ring? What do you want the fans to remember about you, the natural, the hacksaw, whatever you want to be called, what do you want them to remember? I just want them. I just want the fans to know that you know. I know I've been, I've been something else back in my day and everything like that. And I want all those fans that I might have been a little bit rude to over the years with my, with my egotistical, uh, heelish ways and everything. And you know, I just want them to remember, you know, no offense. And it's all good. It just try to forgive me. And, and you know, fans they they send me they send me uh, you know different types of uh, pictures and stuff through the mail to my home and everything. And I send them back. I want fans to know that uh, they can feel free to do that uh, to me today. You know, they can and uh, and. and and to let them know that old Bruce Reed still appreciated them even more today than it was then. So I just want I just want to apologize to them because I was really heedless. I was I was heedless in and out of the ring sometimes. And I just want them to remember that Butch Reed is still still a good guy. Still appreciates his fans and and uh I sure appreciate their their interest and and all their business back in the back in the day. Oh, that's what it's all about, and they can do that when they get to Philadelphia on the twenty uh, seventh of January. When they get to the Icons right. of Wrestling, they visit the Captain's Corner, which is going to be jam packed with great guests, and the entire convention is going to be jam-packed with great guests. But if you want to get pre-order information, you can visit freewebstore.org slash captains-corner. You can get tickets for Butch Reed. You can get tickets for Bob Orton. You can get tickets for all the great folks that are going to be with Nick at Captain's Corner at the Icons of Wrestling. We will be there, so Butch, we're going to look forward to getting a chance to uh, come over and say hi. Thank you for uh, spending the time. And one of the things we didn't even get a chance to mention, and I know this will be something that the fans are going to be bringing up to you because it's going to be a rabid WWF fan base, is that that supposed intercontinental title run that never happened. So I would love to get into it now, but I know for the sake of time we've got to wrap it up. But I'm sure that's right. going to be on the hearts and minds of the fans. But quickly, if you want to, if you want to address that, was that in the cards? Were you supposed to be the next Intercontinental Champion? I believe so, but uh, it didn't happen. But anyway, 
they already they knew that Butch Reed could have wore that Intercontinental real, real proud and, and uh, would have bought prestige to it. And also, it would have been a very, even more of a, of a uh, what am I trying to say here? It, it would have been even more of a credible symbol for professional wrestling. Would have been the perfect belt for the natural. Uh, and the only other thing I was going to ask you is, who did you think had better dance moves to uh, Jive Soul, bro? You were slick, and I got to give the nod to the natural on this one because uh, those moves were pretty uh, were pretty tight. So you and the slickster were an even better combo than you thought. <laughs> well, thank you, John. And listen, man, he he was a little bit more limber than I am, and uh, <laughs> old slick was just so long. It was just. He kind of looks funny when he gets them legs. He gets he try to get that pimp walk. He never could get that pimp walk, man. He <laughs> he he could he could roll. He could lean with and rock with it like I could. I kind of had a smooth move on him in there. So I had to go with that myself. So. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening to the two man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.